Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch and we're going to revisit uh, a good friend of the program and we've been trying to sit, I've been trying to sit here and come up with uh, an, a kind of a subtitle for Surveyor Says in this uh, with, with Mr. Galen Scott of uh, NGS and I'm thinking it's uh, geospatial with Galen is, is, is what's stuck in my head. Uh, I don't know, what do you think Galen? Has that got, got a good ring to it? It, it does. I like it a lot. Thanks, Tim. All right. Well, Mr. Galen Scott is the Constituent Resources Manager for NGS, uh, one of NSPS's great partners, and obviously they do a lot of great stuff with uh, with all of our data and all of, actually all of their data that we manipulate for all of our data. So what we thought we'd get together today on is all of the great stuff. Uh, here we are, 2022, and the Obviously, things are still rolling along at NGS. Um, I guess one of the big uh, events was uh, was it, I was glad to see this was the uh, the extension of the GPS on benchmarks that was supposed to end the end of calendar year 2021. Uh, you've decided to go ahead and push it on for 2022 and and keep gathering all of that data that uh, that a lot of our people or all of our practitioners are doing. I guess. A welcome, welcome Galen, and B. I mean, I guess you know we were talking a little bit beforehand about the amount of data that people were providing last year, and the just the incredible uh, amounts of of effort that were put into this. Um, give us a little overview on on what GPS on benchmarks is, and why that is so beneficial to what NGS does. Excellent. Well, thanks, Tim. I'm really glad to be back here again with you. So GPS on Benchmarks is a crowdsourced data collection program that NGS has put together uh, to help uh, ourselves and help the country get ready for the modernized national spatial reference system that we're building. Um, and there's two major uh, things that are coming out of the GPS on Benchmarks program. Um, but first of all, what is it? Well. What it is, is we're asking people to go ahead and collect survey grade GPS data on survey control marks across the country, uh, where NGS already has published NAVD 88 heights, right? The idea here is, is that we want to build this bridge between the old system that we're currently using, uh, NAVD 88, uh, and the new system in the, the modernized system that we're building, the North American and Pacific Geopotential Datum of 2022. Um, so GPS on benchmarks is about collecting data on those old marks to build the transformation tool to the new system. Um, so that's the first benefit of participating is that, you know, NGS is responsible for making a transformation tool between the old, old datum and the new datum. And we're going to do that with the data that we have. 
and so GPS on benchmarks is the opportunity for people across the country to collect data on the marks that they use uh, and to submit that data to us so that we can use it to improve the transformation tool uh, in their area. So really, it's it's an opportunity uh, for, for, you know, we're trying to help you help us so that we can help you with the tools that you use for your in your professional day. Exactly. Well, you know, and it's something that I've thought about. I mean, with this with this program, it's been going on for a couple of years, and especially with the talk of moving to a, a new dynamic datum, um, this is an opportunity to go back to old monuments that may or may not have been. Uh, I guess, uh, checked into for, for many, many years. Does this also give you an opportunity to, I mean, collecting that horizontal data on, on some old monuments to really help see where these things are shifting and where these things are moving as well? I think to me, it's a, it's a good check uh, to, to really solidifying what the, the, the dynamic datum is going to be uh, really to how it's going to tell us where, where things are. Yeah, I mean, you know, surveying has evolved a lot over the past, you know, well, 200 years since NGS. <laughs> um, but really over the, you know, the, 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 the datums that we use today um, were built using traditional surveying technology, right? Um, so NAVD88 are the current you know, vertical datum for the U.S. Uh, is a geodetic leveling based datum. Right. And if you think about it, I love to think about this, the idea that this this was made by groups of people walking across the country, taking very precise measurements over decades, decades and decades. Right. We took right. that, um, you know, we took all of that data in, in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, we took all of that leveling data and did a massive adjustment uh, on that leveling network uh, and created this this datum today uh, called NAVD88. Um, you know, yet it, it was the best technology we had at the time, right? You know, to make a, you know, a consistent national reference frame from coast to coast um, that, you know, that got away from uh, some of the older um, errors that we made previously in NGVD29. Um, but what it didn't allow us to do, what we didn't do very well was to account for how things move differently in different places, right? You know, you've got, you know, whole, you know, large scale motion uh, in, you know, in different places of the country. Um, you know, isostatic adjustment in the Northeast, you've got, you know, the whole, uh, you know, Gulf Coast, parts of the Gulf Coast subsiding, Central Valleys of California subsiding, um, different, you know, di at different rates uh, in different places for different reasons. Um, and if you're, survey control network doesn't keep up with that, then you're not really, um, you know, it's not really the control that you need it to be. Um, so looking forward, the new system, the modernized National Spatial Reference System is going to be based on GPS, being able to access an, an ellipsoid height with GPS, uh, and then be able to apply a, a very accurate geoid model or model of gravity um, that can adjust that height to tell you, give you an orthometric height, that'll tell you which way water flows. Um, it's a different kind of system built around GPS technology. Um, and it's going to be way more accurate all over the country. Um, and 
what we need to do now is to build that bridge between those two systems, right? Between the old NAVD 88 marks and the new um, geoid and GPS based system. Unreal. I mean, I, I'm just sitting here thinking about it and just my, you know, it, it, my head started spinning a little bit, you know, talking about NAVD 88 and just thinking about the, the Herculean effort to take all of those level circuits, all of that high high precision leveling that was done for many, many years and just applying adjustment after adjustment. And, and because you, you hit it on the head, that's the best technology we had for the basically the mid, eight, mid to late 80s, putting all that together and taking all of this historical data and doing that. And then we fast forward 10, 15, 20 years and we get GPS and GNSS and all of this other information that's now available. And it kind of blows it, I won't say it blows it out of the water, but it, uh, it really, it, it, it really makes you think about, and like you said, with all of the, the, um, the tectonic motion as well. I mean, you got whole plates that are moving that sure this level circuit will still, you know, on paper, it still, it still works within itself, but the whole, the whole continental plate has moved or what have you. And so, yes, to be able to, to, to apply this to all to GNSS uh, technology now um, is fascinating. It really is fascinating. I mean, I hate to, you know, uh, over, overblow it and say, you know, this is George Jetson stuff, but it really is. It just, it's incredible. It, I, I'll tell you, it's one of the fascinating things that I found coming to NGS was that, you know, just how recently NGL, NGS helped to change the game for surveyors, basically bringing GPS into a tool, into the into the surveyor's toolkit by, by creating these hybrid geoid models that we've created over the years uh, and building the height modernization program where we were able to, you know, and it, it was, it was pretty much an overlap in time, right? We finished... NAVD 88 was released in 1993, uh, and you know it was only a couple of years later that GPS, you know, really hit the civilian market and you know started to be being used. Uh, so you know it was any it was NGS scientists, uh, you know, working with partners and stuff, but we're able to figure out that you know if we create a model of gravity and apply it to these ellipsoid heights we get from GPS, we can. You know, we can approximate the NAVD88 orthometric heights, which tell us which ways water flows. Um, and that just kind of changed the world for, you know, for civilian surveying. Um, you know, here we, NGS started releasing this, um, this series of hybrid geoid models uh, over the past 20 years. Um, uh, you know, some of them in different places, but most of them covering, you know, all of, all of the United States. Um, that allowed people to use GPS as a surveying tool in their everyday uh, in their everyday work, um, and it works so well that we now are are, are kind of building the whole system around that, right? Yeah, um, very good. Yep. Well, know, and I, I oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, this: the whole question of geoids and how geoids work with GPS to to be able to give us heights, um, I think is fascinating. But it's also one of those things that you know, um, it's hard to wrap your head around, right? Um, and and the idea, just just to get it out there, is that, is that hybrid geoids that we've been giving giving people over the past 20 years, those hybrid geoids have been specifically designed to to give you NAVD 88 heights, right? That's the idea. Right. 
DVD-88 is the system we currently use. So those hybrid geoid models, we would take a beautiful gravimetric geoid model that's just just influenced by the gravity and the gravity measurements that were taken on the ground surface and, and from space and, um, and from airborne gravity and put that all together. But, and, but then in order to give us NAVD-88 heights, we had to warp that surface to the orthometric heights at those NAVD-88 marks around the, uh, around the country. And so that's what we did. That's really where GPS on benchmarks started, was gathering data to, to, to um, build those hybrid geoid models, right? And that was, you know, I was the project lead for geoid 18, the last hybrid geoid model that NGS uh, built before we switched to the new system, right? right. That, that's the important thing to remember here is that, is that the geoid 18 is a hybrid geoid model that will give you NAVD 88 heights when, you're, when used with GPS. But the beautiful thing about the new system is that basically we are unchaining that geoid model from, you know, from NAVD 88, right? Right. We're essentially corrupting a beautiful ge gravimetric geoid model by constraining it to, you know, heights that were collected through leveling over the course of 80 years, um, right? Now in the new system, we're going to be using a purely gravimetric geoid model. We're not going to warp that geoid model at all to to these marks. We're going to we're going to have that geoid model actually define the surface. So when we collect our GPS data, we're just going to apply that gravimetric geoid model, and that's going to be the definition of that height at that point. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a lot more accurate and a lot more consistent across the country um, because we're able to use that um, that really nice gravimetric geoid model. Exactly. And I think you just, you hit on something there that I think is, uh, I won't say it's bugged me for a long time, but I can guess, yeah, it's bugged me for a long time. Uh, the people, people that will criticize uh, GPS use and well, but it's no good for vertical or, you know, I, I go to hit my existing benchmarks and my, you know, the, the GPS data is wrong. Um, I like the way you just put that and how, it was, re it's really, it's two different technologies in trying to warp uh, a, a GPS-based uh, system onto onto a land-based system that it's it's imperfect. I mean, it, it really is. And I don't think people truly understand, um, I, I won't say the liberties that were taken with the with the adjustments over the years with, uh, with the vertical adjustments, but yeah, there was no way to make it perfect. There just absolutely was no way to do that. And so, you know, the 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 criticism that's been you know with GPS over the years that well, but it's it's not nearly as good as you know working off of the benchmarks and working leveling whatever. Um, I think you, you, what you're saying is really an eye opener to how much better this is going to be going forward based upon the new technology. And it's really is and literally I like your term unchaining it to where it's uh, it, it's 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 busting the door wide open on on the vertical component for this, and I I like where you came from that 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 that's that's a nice and, and uh very very eloquent way of, of of saying that hey this is all this much better for the profession bottom line right excellent well and I guess um you know going back to the to the actual GPS on benchmarks then. And the, the whole reason behind this program and 
like I said, when I saw that they were going to extend it another year, which uh, uh, I was I was kind of happy with, which, you know, it's one of those love-hate things. It's like, well, but if they extended it another year, it's, you know, we're still still working towards this, towards our dynamic datum and such, which is, talk about another huge effort. Um, and, and kudos to NGS for continuing to push that forward. But having another year to... to uh, to get more of this type of a data, type of data, to be able to use towards uh, building uh, the the new dynamic data. Let's talk about what's what you know, you've got an up. You've got a seminar coming up on January thirteenth to explain this with a with a couple of uh, co-hosts. Um, what are you looking to really uh, get out to the to the to practitioners on what what this is what this program is about? What uh, what's your what's your webinar going to touch on as far as how does the typical practitioner go out and help NGS with this data? Awesome. So, so we're going to talk about the tools that we have to help you help us, right? We have provided, um, what we do is we have a list of benchmarks around the country where new, additional new data would be beneficial to improving the transformation tool. And let me be clear, Tim, here. All of this is about improving improving and building a better transformation tool. This right. data itself isn't actually going to go in to build the new datum uh, itself. It's because that's being defined by right. Right. the metric model. Um, but this data is going to be, you know, help to build a better transformation tool uh, to it. Um, and what I want to tell people is that there is plenty of time out, you know, now with another year out there to get out there and, and collect data uh, in areas where you do work, right? When you give us data in those areas, it's gonna improve the transformation tool in those areas. It, we will also, when you give us GPS data now, we will also give you coordinates in the new frames when we release them. So you're really preparing yourself to use the modernized system in your area when you participate and collect GPS on benchmarks uh, data and give it to us. Now, here's the rub. The new modernized National Spatial Reference System is accessed through GPS. So right. collecting and giving and submitting data to NGS is the new paradigm, right? So when we say we're extending this for a year, what we're saying is we're extending the, the door for getting data to us to be used in the transformation tool. Right. For another right. year. The reality is, is that GPS on benchmarks is here to stay because that's the new paradigm of collecting data on these marks and giving it to us so that we can help uh, realize the, the modernized system on these marks for you all, right? Um, you know, that's, that's the idea here is, is that NGS provides authoritative data and processing and tools. And by you know collecting your data and submitting it to NGS, you're using those authoritative tools and you're adding to that authoritative body of, of data that we can use to build better tools for you in the future. And, and I tell you, let me, let me explain something that, that I, how I relate this to people when they, when they, when I try to explain uh, the process that you're going through and, um, I need you to tell me if I'm telling people wrong when I say this. Um, I'm thinking of it as you have a you have a site, however big it is, acre, ten acres, whatever, and you've got a set amount of time to go out and 
basically topo that site in a 50-foot grid. And you get it done, and the client comes back and says, I'm going to give you some more time. Go back in and now do it, fill that in with 25-foot shots. And your site is getting that much more accurate. Well, we're, you know what? We're going to extend it a little bit longer. Now go in and do 10-foot shots and fill that stuff in. That it's it's just further solidifying that that data and that that representation of what's out there to provide that information to NGS for for creating this transformation tool. It's just by densifying more and more of this, it's solidifying the tool that you're going to that you're putting together for the the the, the new data. I mean, for for this for all of this. You're spot on, Tim. Absolutely. Perfect. So, okay, good. Yes. I, I feel like I, oh, I hope I wasn't lying to people. <laughs> so, you know, what, what we've done, you know, at, at the end of the day, what the transformation tool is going to be, this tool is, it's going to be a grid of differences between the existing datum, NAVD88, and coordinates in the new frame in NAPGD 2022. The grid cell size is going to be about two kilometers. Uh, we have determined that for Nash for a national scale for national scale tool, we would like to have uh, ideally data every ten kilometers at least um, to to capture that signal. Now, here's the thing: is that you know you remember NAVD88 is made up of uh, geodetic leveling that's been adjusted together. Uh, and adjusted together at different times. Um, right. You know, so it's you know, originally when we when we released it, it was 80 plus years of leveling data that was all adjusted together. And then in the intervening 30 years, we 40 years, we have added and adjusted more data in into that. So the relationship between the NAVD88 zero surface and the G and the geoid surface, the geoid zero. That, that relationship is going to vary by location, and it's going to vary for a whole number of reasons, uh, and it will vary most greatly in areas where there's topographic relief, right? right so right. it's about areas. Uh, in, um, you know, in areas where, you know, the leveling went around and, you know, the leveling was a spur that went partway around a mountain, uh, and you know the, the, that the, the way that the leveling network was adjusted and all of that is is going to show up in those differences between NAVD88 and and the geoid surface. So the way you know, so there's two things you can do to improve the accuracy. One is more observations, right? So right. with within each grid cell, if you give us a bunch of observations over time, those will be used to um, to determine that relationship between NAVD88 and uh, NAPGD2022. The uh, you know that will give us more sample points, right? The other way to do it is increasing the spatial resolution of of those observations. So on our map, you we we have um, we represent the 10 kilometer spacing with 10 10 kilometer hexagons, more or less, um, spaced across the country. Uh, that's the, the NGS national goal. Um, 
but we also have on the map the two kilometer hexagons um, that people could use to densify uh, the, the GPS on benchmarks observations in their area. So particularly in, in where people live in cities and in, in, in cities and metro regions, uh, particularly ones that have high topographic relief, you can improve the quality of the transformation uh, and the spatial resolution of the transformation tool by collecting data at that two kilometer uh, spacing. So yeah, you you know add in more data, add in closer to you know closer points. We will use all of that to to uh, to discern those differences as as best we can, um, and to create that national scale tool. Well, and I know you're you a couple of your co-hosts. Um... Well, actually, let's let's call out Jacob Heck. I mean, uh, I've known Jacob several years now, and uh, I I like Jacob a lot. I think he's gonna. Uh, I mean, he's already had a, a, in my opinion, a pretty good career, and he's still a toddler in my opinion. But we give him our time. But uh, uh, he's the NGS Great Lakes Regional Geodetic Advisor, um, and and then uh, is it Mick Heberline from uh, Wisconsin DOT is going to be joining you as well. And I, uh, yes, and looking and we'll put some links uh, get some links to the uh, the actual GPS on benchmarks map. I mean that that piece of of programming right there is is a work of art. I just I think it's I think it's, it is beautiful just to look at all of the all the monuments that have been that, that are available, the ones that have been been ob been observed, the ones that need to be observed. Um, I guess to really kind of give a little bit of a shout out, I know, and that's one reason you're having uh, uh, Jacob and, and and Mick there from Wisconsin. They've done a great job. What are some of the other states that have just really stepped up and done a lot of lot of work, both in the private sector and the public sector? Oh, uh, there's there's a lot of states that have really uh, really stepped up. One of the uh, well, Minnesota, first of all, uh, right up there with Wisconsin. Minnesota, you could almost walk from one side of the state to the other on benchmarks where they have data. Uh, That's now, awesome. Yeah, we've seen some really uh, you know some really great work uh, in in Michigan and in North Carolina. Uh, I mean, there's people all over the country uh, that are that are doing this. I mean, Florida's got a bunch of data coming in. Texas is is stepping it up. There's huge still. There's huge gaps in Texas, but they've gotten the word and they're uh, they're getting out there uh, and and bringing some some in. Um, Alabama has really stepped up this past year. Um, uh, Illinois is is doing great. Uh, our map. So we have on our map. Um, we have the 10 kilometer hexagons on our map uh, and it shows, you know, the, the, the map itself shows you where you can, you know, what what marks uh, we where we need new data. Right. We also have the, the, the GPS on benchmarks for transformation tool progress dashboard that uh, and these are all on ArcGIS online uh, that allows you to look, you know, to look and, and explore this data. Right. Where is the data coming in? When is mm -hmm. it? Unfortunately, we don't have who's sending that data in on that benchmark, on that dashboard. You have to go to the Opus dashboard to look at who's. who's sure. Yeah, that's we're we're working to get that integrated. That's still a well, but yeah, but still, I mean, like I said, I, that 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 ArcGIS is just like I said. It to me, it's 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 a wonderful work, almost a work of art, uh, to see all the the information that's coming in, um, and seeing all the spots that are being hit. And I guess one thing I'd, I, I've also been trying to uh, to 
publicize in in taking part in this uh, for for the survey practitioners out there? A, you're finding you you have an opportunity to go back to some, you know, if there are some old marks in your area that haven't been haven't been observed in a while, that's a great opportunity to bring those, you know, back to life. And what I've been impressed with is is there's been a lot of surveyors that have taken this opportunity to take their kids to these sites and yes. to and to introduce a different you know a young generation to what survey is about and being part of. Uh, a, a huge initiative on doing on putting all of this this geodetic network information together. I think that's a, a great uh, great opportunity as well. Yeah, you know, Tim, this GPS on benchmarks uh, as an outreach thing started out as a celebration of uh, National Surveyors Week in March, uh, back in 2014, I want to say. Right. Yeah, something like that. And we, we've been building on it year after year. And, you know, the first few years, people would say, tell us what marks you want us to observe and we'll do it. And, it you know, it took us a while to figure out exactly how to do that. Um, but starting in 2018, we started putting out these maps that have prioritized lists. Um, but, you know, and that, that really tell people, you know, help them decide where should I go observe? Where's my time going to be best spent? Um, it also helps to reduce, you know, redundancy or duplication, right? You, people can see what, what's coming in. And actually, that is one of the greatest um, benefits of the RTIS on lap, online platform is that we're putting this data out there. It gets updated every week. And, I, um, and states and other organizations are able to grab that data and make their own RTIS online maps to help foster collaboration. So we've got a bunch of states that have done a great job uh, pulling in that data, uh, and that's one of the ways that Wisconsin was able to was was able to pull it off this year because they made a great uh, RTIS online map that they used to collaborate amongst each other. Um, and while we're while we're on the topic here, I would like to give a shout out to my team that that built that work of art, Dr. Kevin oh. Algren, Um He's our the geoid modeler um, is is behind all the code, kind of finding out what's been updated, what comes in each week uh, to update this stuff. Um, he's written lots and lots and lots of code to help uh, this stuff run. Uh, and then Brian Shaw, who's now uh, our Rocky Mountain geodetic advisor, is the um, is the one who's he's our GIS guru and has built the dashboards and the maps themselves. So the two of them are the ones that got together and kind of you know, make, make this, uh, this dream a reality. Um, but it is a very, very useful set of tools that allow people to, to see what, what we need. Well, that's just it. And it, it's, uh, I think that's to me is the, is the, is the, the, the cool part of being, uh, in surveying in, in a geo in the geospace, other geospatial careers that are all related. I mean, we're, we're we're part of the future, and this is this is helping uh, a significant agency like NGS help establish tools and technology for the future. And uh, it, it is, it's not saying that we you know we're not sitting around helping NASA with something or uh, Department of Defense. I mean we're we're actually helping shape that future, which is really really. Uh, a, a cool thing. And and it's, I think to me, it's also a testament to the profession itself and what, what lies ahead for geospatial careers. Um, just all of the things, like you said, with, with, with the GIS, with, 
you know, even what the, what these DOTs are doing with with geodetic data now is just in geospatial data. It's just it's incredible. I, I I I'm I'm proud to be part of part of this profession. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm I'm not a surveyor and I'm not a geodesist, um, but I am so happy and thrilled that I found my way to NGS and to work work with uh, with all of you. You know, that's uh, I play a geodesist at meetings, but when the t questions get tough, uh, you know, I, I ask the, the you know the, the smart guys, uh, the smart people uh, that I work with. Um, you know, it's I, I we got an email recently from uh, from Rick Price down in Florida. Uh, who's really active down there, and he's been a big supporter of the program. And um, just you know, talking about how GPS on benchmarks gives us a way to talk about the contribution of surveying to the country, right? We're looking at this incredible investment in infrastructure across the country right now. And you know, Rick said, you know, like surveyors are the ones that are there before the project start. They're there all the way through the, the, you know, during the project, and surveyors are there at the end to document, um, you know, what's what's made at the end, you know, and the, the role that surveyors play within, you know, the geospatial community, but within this broader infrastructure for the nation is really, really important. Uh, and I think, you know, this year, this extra year, as we push through um, and you know, collect this data and celebrate National Surveyors Week um, and take the kids out and show them surveying, you know, go get a GPS on benchmark up at a lake, um, you know, on the weekend if you want. Exactly. Time to, you know, to take advantage of uh, doing something that can be fun, but also that can be really beneficial and contribute to uh, the community as a whole. Very good. That's, I mean, that's, uh, well, you've got me excited uh, about, about having this additional year now, um, because I think it is, it's, it's, it's such a, a great opportunity to, on, on so many fronts, besides collecting more data for the tools and, and pro promoting the profession. And, you know, you just made a great tie in there with the infrastructure and you're absolutely right that it's the, 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 the surveying and geospatial professions, and it's only going to get much more in, engaged and involved um, with our ever-changing uh, environments around us, uh, building and rebuilding and, and all the stuff that goes on. So, um, yes, Mr. Galen, you knocked it out of the park here. Uh, I, I appreciate you having time to come on here because I really want to make sure, um, and this is the important part uh, for those listening out there. Uh, Thursday, January 13th from 2 to 3.30 Eastern Time. If you hear this before that date, hope so because this thing's going to drop pretty quick, please log on and check it out. If not, these all these sessions are recorded. Please go to NGS's webpage. We'll put some links in the, in the show notes and make sure and go check, the, check this out because if you haven't been involved with GPS and benchmarks to date, uh, you got a reprieve. We've got it. We've got another year to, to, to go out there and uh, and help this man and a great agency put together some awesome tools for uh, for it's going to do nothing but benefit the geospatial community. Bottom line. So uh, besides Mr. Galen, I we we are going to have to get back together again, and we got to talk about everything Opus sometime here very soon. 
Absolutely. There's so much, there's so much exciting stuff happening with Opus and really, you know, there's so much going on at NGS right now as we are getting ready to, you know, for these modernized frames. Uh, and one thing I do want to make clear is that, you know, the extension of GPS on benchmarks is does not mean that the the modernization delay is is longer. It's where it's accepting the fact that where where we are in the in the whole workflow of NSRS modernization, uh, and that we're really committed to taking as much data uh, that we can from across the country uh, and use it in the transformation tool. So we're going to keep that door open as long as we can, but we are not going to be delaying things any further. Right? This. That's oh, well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you clarified that because. Um, yeah, I think you somebody could put two and two together and think, oh well, it's going to be bumped. For no, no, not at all. That uh, that uh, the other components of putting together the new NSRS is it's working its way through through the right channels. But you do have some extra time here, so this is actually we have some extra time, and we as a profession and as as, as all geospatialists need to take advantage of it. Yes, well, very I'm looking forward to talking to you more, Tim. Well, very good. Well, that'll wrap us up for this week on Surveyor Says. Yes, Mr. Galen will be back, and we'll get. I'm still thinking geospatial with Galen. That's that's got a good ring to it. Let's uh, let's we'll think about hand, hanging on to that one, and we will we'll hit you up here very shortly because, like you said, there's so much great stuff going on with Opus that uh, just going to make everything that much greater. So, uh, for this week of Surveyor Says, we appreciate you. Thanks, and come again. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.